Wasn't worship absolutely amazing? I am so thankful for all of our Vine worship team and for all of our Vine fam that the Lord has woven together here at the Vine. I love that whether we meet together in person or virtually, our Vine worship fam points to Jesus and all that they do and steps into the throne room for each and every one of us because they believe what all of us can believe today. The Lord says where two or three are gathered in his name, there he will be also. And so I'm thankful that wherever we're gathering right now, that the Spirit of the Lord is in this place. And the reason that I say that I'm thankful for that is I believe the Spirit of the Lord has a word for each and every one of us and that we're going to leave this space better than how we entered it. And so today, today's going to be a day where we just kind of uh, build and set up what we're going to be going through over these next few weeks. It's actually a series we started last year, and we're going to be continuing in it, and it is called Summer in the Prophets. Summer in the Prophets. And as we talk about it this year, last year we went through a couple of different prophets. This year we're going to be laser-focused and be in the Minor Prophets. Now to set that up today, I want to talk about the Minor Prophets for just a second, but what we are all celebrating today is what we're going to learn through. Freedom. Freedom. See, if you look at the Minor Prophets, the Minor Prophets are known as the last 12 books of the Old Testament, okay? And as you study those last 12 books, many scholars would even say that those last 12 books were on the same scroll for centuries. Now, why is that important? Well, if you've been in church at all, or maybe not, I know you're going to understand this terminology. Well, the Minor Prophets are a little different than the Major Prophets, if you play, uh, if you play uh, soccer or, or baseball or even softball, we have what's called the minor leagues and the major leagues. Well, the difference between the minor prophets and the major prophets is actually this. The minor prophets wrote less down than the major prophets. Go figure, right? <laughs> That's where it is. It doesn't mean that they're any less important. It just means that there's not as much written down from them in the revelation that the Lord gave them. So the Minor Prophets, just really quick, were written between 900 and 500 B.C. Uh, they're the last 12 books of the Old Testament. That's a reminder there. But actually, if you've grown up in church, we love to pass by those. Because, I mean, who wants to read Malachi when Matthew's right around the corner, right? Like, we love to pass through them. And the reason we love to pass through them is when we read those, many of us have the perception and have grown up learning that the Minor Prophets are about God's judgment to his people, Israel, if they don't repent and turn back to him. And the judgment is they will lose their freedom and go into captivity. Now, if you did grow up in church, you know that, that actually the people of God, Israel, did go into captivity. The northern kingdom of Israel consisted of 10 tribes of the 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, and they go into Assyrian captivity first. The southern kingdom, which is Judah, that's the remnant, they go into Babylonian captivity not much later. And so why is that important? Well, what we're going to be doing as we walk through the Minor Prophets is instead of it looking at it as God's wrath and judgment, what if instead God was saying, hey, I'm trying to point you into the freedom I created you to live in? Which leads to what we're celebrating today, isn't it? Isn't it? And this, this, is, this is what we celebrate. Uh, the United States, this, is, this weekend is our independence, our freedom. And what we believe in those freedoms, we believe that we had God-given freedoms and rights that lead to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We believe that God gave us these things and that we had them ripped from us by Britain, by England. 
And so this is what we celebrate is our independence from that. And so today, wherever you are, I just want to say I'm so thankful that we get to have the freedoms we have in the United States. I don't care what you think the state of our nation is. You and I can both agree, no matter what, that United States of America is the greatest nation on earth at time when it comes at this time when it comes to freedoms. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, not only when it comes to freedoms, we go defend freedom around the world. And all of us would say, what well, realistically, most if not all of us have someone who has served in the military at some point. My brother Ben has done that by God's grace. Uh, he's going to be retiring from that, and that's just absolutely amazing that he that that he served so long and defended that. So today, wherever you are, let's thank our military servicemen. Now, this is different than a thank we just gave in May. May was Memorial Day, and why am I sharing that? See, the thing that we have to be reminded of, and the thing that God is pointing to, and the thing that we're going to dive into today when it comes to our freedom is throughout all of human history, even if you don't believe in the Bible. Freedom requires a sacrifice. And that sacrifice is blood. As a matter of fact, you've probably heard it said, freedom freedom requires blood to be spilled. That's why as you get older, and I'm starting to get older, so I say things like this, and I wish I would have listened when I was younger, but it is true. That's why here in the U.S. you will hear people say, do not freely give your freedoms away because it will not freely be given back. Freedom don't come free. That's the phrase many of us have. Freedom requires sacrifice or blood to be spilled. So once you've given it away, something's got to die for you to have it back. And so for each and every one of us over this time frame, I hope that we can have this perspective because even though I love the United States of America and I'm I'm proud to be an American and I still believe this is the greatest nation on the face of the earth and you can fight me all day long, but you show me where else on the face of the earth you can freely worship, freely assemble, freely raise your family, have your own business and actually have a bank account that you have access to. I know right now that those things we can say are under attack, but seriously, there is nowhere else on the face of this earth that you can freely experience that. And I'm very proud to be American. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing the song where I, where, I, where I know I'm free, right? <laughs> I'm not going to do that because you'll definitely tune out if that happens. So that being said, though, even though I'm proud to be an American, it's not where my citizenship is. It is not where I will ultimately be for eternity. So everything that I do has to represent where I will be and whose realistically I am. And that is Jesus Christ, the one and only Son of God, the Savior of the world. He is building a kingdom, his kingdom here. And that is only where my freedom is found. It's not found in a document. It's not found uh, in in a, a weekend. It's found in Christ and Christ alone. And so for each and every one of us, I know we're celebrating our nation's freedom today. What if instead today we went back to the birthplace of our freedom? Will you do that with me today? If you've got your Bible, let's do that together today. Let's go ahead and get to the book of Genesis, the beginning. Genesis chapter 2 is where we're going to be in just a second. And I just want to say, if you don't have a Bible, I'm so thankful you are still with us, gathered with us, because virtually we can help you do that today. First and foremost, wherever you're watching around the world throughout the week, our Vine production team, I'm going to say, Zach, thank you. He's going to make sure that on your screen is going to be the scripture. 
and everything we're going to walk through. If you like to take notes and you're a take notes person, you can do that physically or virtually on our free Vine Church app. Go to the vine.tv slash app. You're going to see a little tab at the bottom that says notes. It will have today's notes and all of the previous messages notes where you can follow along with us today. So to get to Genesis 2 and set up everything and the freedom that we're celebrating today, we got to go to Genesis 1. Not going to have it on the screen for you after I just told you. We're not. I'm just going to paraphrase it really quick. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was void and formless. Darkness was over the land. And the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And he saw that it was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. And he called the light day and the darkness night. And there was morning and evening on the first day. Now, on the sixth day, God creates man. He creates Adam. And he gives Adam a task and he makes Adam a wife. Uh, her name is Eve. And he says, this is what you should do. This is how you should live. And this is how you can live in it. And this is where we are going to see where our freedom was born from. Let's go to Genesis 2, Genesis 2, verse 8 through 10. And it says this, now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden. And there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground. The trees were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were a tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there it was separated into four headwaters. So this is what many would even say is paradise. This is the Garden of Eden, this is the beginning. This is where everything you could ever want or ever had imagined being created is there in front of your very eyes. And so Adam is placed there, Eve is placed there, and God says, hey, you have all of these great things, but to stay in this freedom, there are only two things that are required. Let's scroll down to, uh, or skip down to verse 16 and 17 to see what these are. And the Lord commanded the man, that is Adam, you are free, there's that word, to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. And so here Adam is. We've been talking about this these past few weeks, so I'm just going to kind of pound this point again to be reminded today when it comes to our freedom. There's this thing called God's sovereignty, which is God's promises. He is sovereign over all. Uh, his son, Jesus Christ, is, as, as we can read, he is the savior for each and every one of us. He is holding all things together. And so God's promises are true. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But also this thing called man's responsibility from the beginning of our freedom is here. And man's responsibility is God's principles for how we should live, okay? So we have God's sovereignty, that is his promises, and God's principles for how we should live. So Adam, so, so God created everything and he places Adam, who he created in the middle of it, and says, hey, if you want to fully live into this, there's a principle you have to live by. I can't make the choice for you to do that, but you can. If you live by these principles, you will live. But if you break this principle, that is eating of the tree, uh, eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will certainly die. You will lose your freedom. And so that being said, for each and every one of us, the Lord is showing Adam and what he is telling us today, when it comes to our freedom, the Lord alone is where it is found. Christ alone is where it is found. He has to be the center. I love what this says. And when I say center, C-E-N-T-E-R, Southern draw coming out there. But what we just read in verse 8, 
and 8 through 10, before God told him not to eat of it, as it says, he planted the garden in the east, and in the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of... So in the center of the garden. So right now, the question I just want to ask you, and it's not going to be there, but just realistically before we move on is, what is the center of your freedom? Really, what is your freedom found in? Is it found in a birth certificate? Is it found in a bank account? Is it found in a street address, a job location, a team location, a, a, a number of children you have, a pet that you... Where is your freedom found? Because if it's found in anything else but God alone... It'll certainly lead to death. So if you've got your Bible, let's flip a page over. It might just be on the page, depending on if you're like me, you got to have the giant reading kind because it is probably a couple pages over. But let's get to Genesis 3 really quickly and see what ends up happening because Adam and Eve are there. They're naming the animals. They're enjoying paradise. They're enjoying their freedom. But all of a sudden, that tree that God told them not to eat from has a visitor. Let's see what that visitor says. It says this in verse 4 through 7. And this visitor is Satan, by the way. The serpent is Satan. And it says this, verse 4, You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. <coughs> then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. So, so many times what ended up happening is Adam and Eve are innocent. They don't know good from evil before they eat from this tree, but now they know good from evil, and they try to cover themselves. The reason they cover themselves before we go on is, what is the thing God told them they couldn't do to experience the freedom? Not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But what's the consequence of that? Death. And so if we've unpacked this a million times, we're about to see uh, God step in and try to meet Adam and Eve as he normally does in the cool of the day. And we always talk about how Adam and Eve has been hidden. They went and hid for their sin. But more importantly, maybe you don't believe in sin. And just, just a second, we'll unpack that in a second. But let's just say you don't. If somebody told you if you did something, you would die, would you go see him face to face or would you hide? That's where Adam and Eve did. They hid. But you see, before you say you don't know sin or that you've never sinned, I just want to say all of us have sinned. What is sin? It is going against the one thing God told us to do to experience the true freedom we were created to live, and that is sin. That is to go against him. And so Adam and Eve starts that pattern. All of us are born in that pattern. And before you say you don't, you've never been two years old. You never told your parents no, you did when you were two years old. You never disobeyed your parents, you did when you were two years old. You never stole a French fry off of your sibling's plate, you did when you were two years old. All of us, all of us have sin. And so all of us have sin, and the consequence of that sin is death. Is death. See, for us, us to experience the freedom we had before sin, something has to die. And so let's go and see when God meets them. He sees that Adam and Eve are hiding and he's calling out their name. Verse 14 and 15 says, So the Lord God goes out there and Adam and Eve goes to them. and uh, God goes to Adam and Eve, excuse me, and he says, what, what have you done? Have you ate from that tree I told you not to eat from? They admit that they did. Why? Well, because the serpent had deceived him. Let's see in verse 14 and 15 
what God says. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman. Oh, this is pointing to Jesus, y'all. And between your offspring and hers, he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. So instead of living in the blessing of God, now all of us live in the curse of God, that is sin, and that only leads to death. And so the Lord points to where our freedom is going to be found, where the one that is going to die for us is coming from. And because of him, we will now be able to be free from sin. And so God goes and tells Adam and Eve that Eve will have great pains in, in chapter 3. We're going to get to verse 21 in a second. But Eve will have great pains in her labor. And she, he tells Adam, hey, you're going to go back to the dust of the earth from which you were created. So let's see what ends up happening in verse 21. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife, and he clothed them. And the Lord God said, the man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. More on that in a second. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. See, this is important for us right here. You read this, and I'm about to talk to you about how you can have life forever and freedom forever, and you read this, and you're going to think I'm contradicting myself. Well, I'm not. See, God created Adam and, see in, Adam and Eve, excuse me, to not be in sin, so they wouldn't experience death. But the problem is, now Adam and Eve are in their sinful state, and the Lord protects them from the tree of life, because had they ate that, they would always stay in that with no hope of redemption. And so what the Lord does is he protects them, and he banishes them from paradise, so that way they can actually experience true freedom to go into his presence again. Now, on this side of the cross, we know that that is Jesus Christ. But if we look throughout the Old Testament and we look through all of those Old Testament books, we understand freedom doesn't come free, that there has to be a sacrifice for sin. Why is that? Why did Jesus even come? What in the world am I about to talk about? Well, in order for Adam and Eve to stand in the presence of God, they had to be righteous, which means they had to be found without fault. No sin in them. And they have definitely sinned. Can we agree? They went against what God told them to do. And before you say, uh, well, I wouldn't do that. God's not a good God. Yet let your kid go against what your word says. And the answer can't just be because mommy or daddy said so, right? It, it, it grieves you. It hurts you. Sometimes it even hurts them what they've done, but they went against your word. And so there has to be a correction to take place. So righteous, righteous means being found with no fault, being able to go into the presence of God. And so in the Old Testament, the only way, because all of us were born into sin, the only way that we could be made right, the only way that we could have righteousness is if a sacrifice was made, we were covered in something, that something dies. The sacrifice is made so that we can be made righteous, so that we could go into the presence of God. You with me, give me an amen. Come on, wherever you're watching, you are. You're with me, give me an amen. So there needed to be something righteous but the only way that something righteous could get us into the presence of God is that it lives a perfect life without sin and also it pays the penalty for sin. It dies as an eternal sacrifice to go into the presence of God. See, my friends, that is what Christ Jesus is. He lives the perfect sinless life we couldn't live. Die the death we deserve, paying the penalty for our sins 
on the cross, an eternal sacrifice. But you see, he didn't stop there. He rose again on the third day because we can know that because of that, excuse me, the reason he did that is so that we can fully walk in the freedom he came to give us. What is that freedom? Freedom from death itself. Freedom. Freedom. See, that's why he rose again on the third day. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. That is what God is talking about in Genesis 3, is crushing Satan's head so that death no longer has rule over us. Only he does, which is life. And so this freedom that we talk about, and we say this freedom, believe it or not, it isn't some new concept. Israel itself had the freedom of God in the promised land, but they turned their back on God, and they lose it. Yet Jesus says it this way. If you've got your Bible, let's get to John 7 really quickly. <clears throat> in verse 37, excuse me, John 7, verse 31 to 36. This is what Jesus says. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. There's some freedom. Then they answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. See, so many times in this world we live in, in the culture we're in right now, we keep talking about misinformation and disinformation. And what are we trying to say that that is? It means that it is a hidden truth. It is something that is not true that we believe that is truth. And so that is what Jesus is telling the Pharisees in this moment. That is what he is telling all of us in this moment is so many times we believe our freedom is only found in something right now, but instead it is found in something even greater. The Pharisees there were saying, hey, my inheritance, my right, my bloodline says that I'm supposed to be free. Yet the funny thing is they're doing this while they are under Roman oppression. Go figure. So Jesus is saying, hey, you ain't going to find your freedom in anything on this earth. You're actually going to find it in the Son. And he, the Son of God, is the truth, the way, the truth, the life. Take all the major religions of the world, and they will tell you that there is something about life. There is a way of life, but they don't know what it is. And there's only one that's ever walked this earth that says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And that is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And so for us, he is our only Savior. Only in him can we have true freedom because he is the Son that gives us that freedom. So the truth and knowing the truth will set you free. But only if it is from the Son can you experience that fruit, true freedom. And so today, as I want to wrap up, I just want to say this. Some of us today are being like Adam and Eve in the garden, and we are buying the lie of Satan that says you will not surely die. We're buying his lie as truth. And today, I just, I just want you to look to Jesus and be set free from that. Some of us today, when it comes to that, you're, you're realizing for the first time that Jesus is who he says he is and your doubts are starting to creep in. The first lie you're believing by Satan is, I don't deserve a second chance. And I just want to tell you, we're a God of second chances. Uh, we serve a God of second chances. We, we have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior because he is a God of more than second chances. Everywhere throughout the Old Testament, you can see warning after warning after warning. If the people turn their back on 
on God, he would reject them. And every time when they came back to the Lord, when they confessed and repented, he received them. So do not buy that lie of Satan today. Maybe today you believe that you are your sin, you are your shame and guilt, that there's no way that you can be forgiven for what you have done. And I will tell you, there is a Lord and Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. He will forgive you. This earth may not forgive you. The people of this world may not forgive you. But in Christ, there is forgiveness. You don't have to be defined by your past mistakes, your future failures, your screw-ups, your hiccups. Instead, you are defined by Him and Him alone, which allows you to be who God created you to be. Maybe today, you feel like your hopes, your dreams. As a matter of fact, you may even feel like your life doesn't matter. And I just want to say, in the Lord it does. So much so that God gave everything. The familiar verse, we all know it. John 3, 16 and 17 says this, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life or eternal life. But hear this out. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And so today, I want you to understand the shed blood of Jesus Christ bought our freedom. As much as I want you to trust him as your Lord and Savior, as much as the people in your life who love you want you to, we can't. Only Christ can. The sovereignty of God is the shed blood of Jesus Christ bought our freedom. But we have a part to play by trusting him and receiving it. So if you really want freedom today, as much as we celebrate it today, I'm thankful, I'm thankful that Jesus allows us to have an even greater freedom that's found in him. And so today I want you to know God loves you. God chose you. And he wants a relationship with you so that you can rest in eternal freedom. And so today, that's what we're about to pray. We're about to pray, and it's not the words of this prayer that gives you freedom. It's the faith that Jesus is who he says he is. And here at the Vine Church, we pray out loud for the benefit of those who are coming to Christ and discovering this freedom for the first time. And so we're going to pray, and if you, I'm going to ask you to trust Jesus. Pray this prayer in faith. And please, everyone, let's bow our heads and please repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I believe I'm a sinner separated from you. I believe you came, lived the perfect sinless life I couldn't live, died the death I deserved, paying the penalty for my sins on the cross, but loved me enough not to stay dead, but rose again on the third day so that I may have life. Come take over my life, Lord. Teach me to follow you step by step the rest of my life the best way I know how. With every head bow and every eye closed, wherever you're watching right now, if you can say for the first time that you have freely received this gift of freedom that only Christ can give you and you have trusted that Jesus is who he says he is, that you have turned from this life of sin that will only bring death, but instead trust Jesus alone to cover it and give you life. I'm going to ask it for the first time you have done that. Would you boldly raise your hand on the count of three? One, two, three. If that's you, would you raise your hand? 
that's you, I want to tell you, you may think that right now you're virtually joining us online and no one sees that hand. And I just want to tell you, the angels in heaven are celebrating that hand. If you raised your hand and it's the first time that you have ever trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, would you leave us a comment below with a raised hand? Or hey, even better, reach out to us uh, through our Vine Church app or you can reach out to us at hello at thevine.tv. The reason that we want to know is not to celebrate us and beat our chest and talk about how great we are. No, 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 no. It's because we aren't worried about anything else when it comes to freedom, but we know that it's found in Christ alone. And the way that you live that out fully is being connected to a local church near you. And that's what we want to do is to connect you to a local church near you. So you continue to walk in this freedom that Christ died, that really lived, died, and rose again to give you. For the rest of us that are in Christ Jesus today, maybe we've been uh, believing the lie. Maybe we've been trying to find our freedom in anything else other than him. And I hope and pray today that if that is you, that you would just come to the cross. You would come back to the Lord for just a moment. Would you do that? Would you understand? And would you just, hey, we're about to worship. This is what I want to say if you're in Christ Jesus. Would we live out that he won't fail? Last week we said, won't he do it? But today he won't fail. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Will we be reminded that we have built our life on the rock, his firm foundation? No matter what this world does, no matter how many freedoms this world tries to steal from us, it cannot take the freedom that Christ came to give us. So would we today step into this time of worship and know and sing and praise that Christ is our firm foundation? And he won't fail. Would you worship with us? Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. When everything around me is shaking I've never been more glad That I put my faith in Jesus Cause he's never let me down He's faithful through generations So why would he fail now? He won't He won't I still got joy in chaos I've got peace that makes no sense So I won't be going under I'm not
We are so thankful that you have taken this time to join us today for Summer Sabbath E-Fam Sunday 2023. And just like we started off, I want to come back here at the end and just invite you to come join us next Sunday, July 9th, 10 a.m. at the downtown Spartanburg YMCA. It's at 151 Rebalt Street here in Spartanburg, South Carolina. We'd love to see your smiling face. If you can't join us physically this time, 
make plans to join us soon because we will also join you virtually next Sunday at 10 a.m. or on demand throughout the week. I say it every week because I mean it. Our Vine fam hear it, and we mean it as a Vine fam. We love you because Christ loved us first. And if there's any way that we can pray for you or specifically serve you, please let us know because we're going to get to continue to live in the freedom Christ gives because we know that the best is still yet to come.